Psalm 103, I'm going to read the first five verses. It says, Bless the Lord. Say, Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How many would love to have your youth renewed today? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bless the reading of your word this morning? Thank you, God, that you are so good to us. There are so many benefits to serving you. We thank you, Lord, for your word today. Help me, Lord, to communicate your word in a way that's understandable for those that are here and those that are watching online and help us to receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Have you ever had those moments in your life or seasons in your life where you feel like, thank you, I appreciate it. You look beautiful too. Thank you so much. Ever had those seasons in life where uh, you feel like God almost isn't real? Um, I know a preacher probably shouldn't confess that, but I've had those moments where it almost feels like, where is God in all of this mess? Is this whole thing real? God, if, if he seems kind of distant, he kind of separated or removed, or, or maybe... Maybe you've been in one of those church services where it seems like everybody else is having this incredible encounter with the Lord, but you're, all you're feeling is kind of coldness and a distance. Am I the only one? Can we be honest in the house of the Lord? If you've, if you've ever been there, then Psalm 103 is the perfect scripture for you this morning, because Psalm 103 was written by a man who knows exactly how that feels. King David, the greatest and the most famous king of Israel, wrote this psalm. And David has experienced, he's experienced the highest of highs, and he's experienced the lowest of lows. He has killed lions and bears with his bare hands. You think you're a man? That dude has killed lions and bears with his bare hands. He, has, he took out the giant Goliath when everyone else was afraid of him. He won countless battles. He had uh, experienced powerful moments with God. He had these incredible transcendent and supernatural experiences with God uh, in God's presence where he was endued with God's power to do awesome, amazing things for God and for his kingdom. But David was also a sinful man who over his lifetime made serious errors in judgment. He fathered a child with another man's wife and then lied about it and had the man killed to cover up the crime. Then later, the child that was conceived in that sinful encounter died at childbirth. His other children were led into all kinds of sin and crimes that included rape and incest and murder among his own kids. One of his sons literally waged war against him, attempted to steal the throne from him. He hadn't only won battles, but David had also suffered great losses 
in battle. He knew what it was like to literally lose everything in a moment. So here's what I'm telling you about King David. King David in Psalm 103, he knows in his head, he knows in his inner being that God is real. He knows. He's experienced too much of God to doubt that God is real. But King David also lived through incredibly difficult times where even though he knew God was real, he often felt like God wasn't there. And I suspect that most people, most believers, or maybe even people who are self-proclaimed atheists or agnostics, if you just ask them a few questions, you'll find out they don't really believe God isn't real, but rather they feel absent and separated from God. And I suspect that that's the reality that most people live with. I don't think that, I've told people this, I have never met a real atheist before. What you find out is you start asking questions. It's not that they don't believe in God. They just don't want to believe in God. And, and so I, I think most people, it's not that, well, you, you just look around the world. Even, even some of the greatest scientists, they were believers in some kind of God. Because if you look at creation and you look at the universe, something has to explain how it all came together. It didn't just happen by accident. But sometimes we will choose to believe or think that God isn't real. But when actually what we're doing is we're feeling like God isn't near. And that's really what's going on. And David in Psalm 103, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us what to do when we experience these seasons in life. This is what he does. He says, talk to yourself. When you're in that season where God seems distant, when you're in that season where God doesn't seem to be active in your life, when you're in that season when, when things seem to be kind of cold when you're at church and when you when you're sit down to read your Bible and you just don't seem to be getting anything out of it, David says, I have learned how to talk to my soul. I have learned how to talk to myself and tell myself what I need to hear. And this is what you talk to yourself about. You begin to instruct yourself. Did you know you can give yourself instructions? You can begin to instruct yourself. David says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. When you read the word soul in the Bible, it's talking about your mind. It's talking about your will. It's talking about your emotions. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And we've been in this series about blessing, and usually when we talk about blessing, we're talking about God blessing us. But this week, I want to talk about how we can bless the Lord, how we can bless God, because blessing, listen, is a two-way street. Blessing is not a one-way from, from heaven down to us. Blessing is not just something we receive, but blessing is something we give to the Lord. When we bless the Lord, the way and the form that that blessing takes is intentional, verbal, and purposeful praise to God. The way we bless the Lord is to intentionally, on purpose, with thought, with heart, with uh, 
with, with meaning verbally, that means with my mouth, I will begin to purposefully praise God for who he is. That's what blessing the Lord means. And so I read this line this week. I loved it. I read it when I was studying. And it said, when the Lord blesses us, he reviews our needs and responds to them. When we bless the Lord, we review his excellencies and respond to them. That's what praise is. When we see how good he is, when we see he is excellent in all of his ways, when we see that he has never lost a battle, when he, we see he has never done us wrong, the way we bless him in response to him blessing us is to praise with intentional, verbal, and purposeful praise. So when God blesses us, it's a gracious gift he gives us. We've been talking about that for the past couple of weeks. But when it comes to blessing the Lord, y'all, I have nothing to offer him that's of any value to him. What do you give the king of the universe and the creator of the universe who has everything at his disposal? In fact, anything that I could give him already belongs to him. And so when we bless the Lord, we can't really make much of an offering to him. All we can give him is all he ever really wanted. It's to give him our worship, to give him our praise, to at least acknowledge who he is and what he has done for us. Listen, one sign of maturity is doing something even when you don't feel like it. That is a sign of maturity. A mature person gets up and goes to work even when it would feel better to stay in bed. A mature person apologizes first and forgives first, even when it would feel better to dig in our heels and hold a grudge. A mature person does what needs to be done, even when it's not convenient, when it's not easy, and when it doesn't come natural. And a spiritually mature person will learn to worship, will learn to praise, will learn to bless the Lord even when it doesn't feel natural, even when it isn't convenient, even when it isn't easy. Sometimes we're living in a season where worship is easy, where I'm just on cloud nine and it's easy to give praise to God and it's easy to give thanks to God and it's easy to give God credit where credit is due. But if you've lived a life like I've lived, there are sometimes it's not so easy. But a mature spiritual person will say, I don't feel like going to church, but I'm getting up and going to church. I don't feel like worshiping today, but I'm going to worship. I don't like that song that they're singing, and I don't like that person who's singing it, but it's not about what I like. It's about what he deserves. And so I'm going to worship him because he's worthy of my worship, whether I feel like it or not. So David says, talk to yourself. Instruct yourself. I know how you feel. I know it's been a rough week. I know it's been a rough year. I know it's been a rough decade. But soul, you're going to bless the Lord today. We have to stir ourselves up to worship sometimes. If you come to church and you wait for Pastor Katie and for Blair and for Bart and for Joey to whip you up into worship, you've already come too late. Because you, if you're waiting on us to do it for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. 
But if you would say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. When you come in here and you've already stirred yourself up and on your drive to church this morning, you instructed yourself. I don't care if I don't like the song. I don't care if I like who's singing it. I don't care if it sounds good or not. I don't care if the piano player, all they can play is chopsticks with two fingers on that piano. I am going to bless the Lord with my worship this morning. That's what a spiritually mature person will do. So if you're waiting, if you need somebody else to whip you into worship, that is an indication you're not as mature as you should be. If you need, if you need music to worship, you say, well, I just can't get into God's presence without having some Spotify on or some CD on or having somebody that's anointed leading me, well then that just, I'm not getting on to you. I'm saying that's an area we need to grow in if you need that in order to get into the presence of the Lord and in order to worship God. Listen, I was talking to a missionary not long ago where the there are missionaries in Africa. Our in-laws are going to be missionaries in Africa and there's places there where church under a tree where are we having church today? Where's the local assembly of God church in our town? That tree over there. That's where we meet every Sunday. No air condition, conditioning. No screened in doors to keep the bugs from coming in. And guess what? How do I get there? Walk. Well, how far is it? Oh, it's a couple of miles. How spoiled have we become? And listen, I love everything that we've done in here. And I know this is our first Sunday with all of this. But if none of this worked, I'm still coming on Sunday and having church. I'm still worshiping the Lord because if I need all of this to worship, I'm not worshiping him. I'm worshiping this. Spiritually mature people will instruct themselves how to worship self. I know how you feel. I know what you've been going through this week. I know that what you're feeling and what you're carrying is heavy. I know that your body is tired. I know your knees hurt. I know you're naturally more quiet and introverted. I know that it would be easier to stand back with arms crossed and look judgmentally on other people but self. I know all of that, but I'm still telling you, self, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Self, you better start praising him with all your heart self you better start praising him with all your body self you better start praising him with all the breath in your lungs and when you start telling yourself to offer up a praise to God even when you don't feel like it yourself is going to argue back with you and here's what yourself is going to say to yourself in opposition it's going to say but why but why should I? Why should I get out of my comfort zone and worship? Why should I lift my hands? Why should I shout? Why should I sing? Why should I jump? What's the point of it all? And that's when David tells us next, remind yourself. Remind yourself. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. There's benefits to living for God. Did you know that? He's got the best benefits plan around. David's saying, I told you so, bless the Lord. And now I'm going to remind you so why we bless the Lord. Self, don't you forget all the things he's done for us so far. Sometimes I just need to remind myself, I've got a reason to praise. 
I've got a reason to shout. I've got a reason to worship. He's been too good to me. He's done too much for me. He's proven himself faithful time and time again. David put it this way. I can't forget his benefits. I've got to bless the Lord because I can't forget all the ways he's blessed me. He said he forgives all my iniquity. That word iniquity, it means sin. It means rebellion. It means treason. And that word forgive means a full pardon granted by a king, rendering rendering a person who was guilty, innocent, and blameless. It's not just saying, I'm going to let it slide. It's saying it's like it never happened. Come on. The psalm was written by David toward the end of his life. And by the time he wrote it, he has already survived numerous attempts to kill him and numerous attempts to have the throne stolen from him. One time, his own son led a rebellious army against David to try to dethrone his own father from the kingdom. But David still had, after all of that, David still had a heart of forgiveness toward his son named Absalom. Why? Because David understood the power of a forgiving father. And he understood the power and the grace it took for God to forgive David of his own sin. And so he said, I understand what it means to be pardoned And God has pardoned me. He knows what it means for a king to pardon a rebel. And David said, I have a reason to bless the Lord because I know my sin better than anybody does. I know my sin better than anybody does. I know my filth. I know what I've done. I know my secret life. I know the things that went on in the back room. I know the things that go on inside my head. I know what I've done. I know how filthy my mind has been. I know how dirty my sin has been. Nobody knows, but God has, he has forgiven me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. How many in the room know where you could have, should have, would have been had Jesus not forgiven you. Come on, let me see a show of hands. Had Jesus not shown you his grace, had the blood of Jesus not washed you clean, how many in the room are thankful that God forgave you when you didn't uh, deserve forgiveness this morning? Amen. Come on. David is saying to you and me this morning, no matter what you might be feeling or experiencing, don't forget his grace. Don't forget his mercy. Don't forget the blood still washes clean. Don't forget that the blood still works. Don't forget that the cross still matters. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Don't forget his benefits. Then he says he forgives all my iniquity. And then he says he heals all my diseases. Just a quick testimony service one more time. How many in the room would say today with your hand lifted, I know God has done a healing work in my body at some point in my life. Look at the hands. Look at the hands all over the room. David says, when I remind myself of every case of sniffles I've ever had, When I remind myself of every fever I've ever had, when I remind myself of every injury in battle I've ever suffered, of every headache my kids ever caused me, some of those days I laid in bed and thought I wasn't going to wake up tomorrow. Some of those days I laid in bed and thought I wasn't going to make it. But when I look back over my life and I think of all the times I could have died but didn't, when I look around and all my enemies are in the ground but I'm still kicking, when I I look around and I see all those that have gone on before me, but I'm still alive today. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his 
holy name. So this morning, you got to talk to yourself and you got to remind yourself, I might not be feeling so hot today. My, these old knees might be creaking and this old back might be aching, but I'm still here. The doctor report said it was over, but he healed me. COVID tried to take me out, but he healed me and I'm still here. That back injury tried to cripple me, but I'm still walking. That depression tried to bring me down and kill me, but I'm still moving forward. He woke me up this morning when he didn't have to. You, bless the Lord. He blow, He put breath in my lungs this morning when he didn't have to. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And here in a few moments, we're going to worship and we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you need a healing work in your body today, I've already been praying for you this morning and I believe God's going to touch you. Pastor Katie, just before service, was having a terrible migraine. I walked in, she was in the office with all the lights out and almost in tears it looked like. And we, I just asked the ladies, can we get, get around her and pray for her? So she got, she pushed through. She came up here and led worship for just a moment. We got ready to do greeting time and she said, I'm feeling better. I said, prayer works. Amen. God, he heals all my diseases. And then he says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. He redeems your life from the pit. David said, there should have been times they should have buried me. There were times in my life I shouldn't have survived. That bear and that lion out in the shepherd's field should have taken me out. That giant could have killed me with just a swat of his hand. King Saul, my predecessor, he was an excellent uh, warrior in battle and his spear shouldn't have missed me. It should have taken me out. Absalom, my own son, tried to kill me. And David said, time and time again in my life, I've been to the brink of death and I've been to the edge of the abyss. Sometimes it wasn't my fault. Other times it was my fault, but every time God has come through for me and he has snatched me from the grips of death. A couple of years ago, right out here, I was driving Pastor Katie's car from my house to the church parking lot. I was just coming over here for a second to grab something. I jumped in the car to, to get it. I didn't put my seatbelt on and I was just coming real quick over to the parking lot. And, and as I was getting ready to turn left into the parking lot, it was like in slow motion, I could see in my rearview mirror the most gigantic black SUV I have ever seen in my life was coming after me. And I just, I saw it in slow motion. I said, that thing's getting ready to hit me. And just as I was, I was just making the turn and that SUV, it clipped the, the back driver's side uh, corner of the, of the vehicle and the car spun 180 degrees around and I was pointing back west and the two right side tires were, were right on the edge of that deep ditch embankment by the time we stopped. And I got out of the car and I looked at it and had the car just gone one foot further into that ditch, it would have rolled right into the parking lot with me without a seatbelt on. This is the idea that David wants us to have when he said, he redeemed me from the pit. I almost went over. I almost fell in. 
I almost had a grave that day. I almost made Pastor Katie a widow and almost caused Ainsley to not grow up without, with a daddy. But the Lord redeemed me from the pit that morning. And that's what David wants us to see. Bless the Lord and uh, oh my soul, bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits. He redeems my life from the pit. I got right up to the edge, but I didn't go over. I could have, but I didn't. He's talking about, I was on the edge of my own grave, facing death ahead of me, but God redeemed me. He snatched me back from the pit. He grabbed me and pulled me back. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy Name. So David tells us sometimes you got to preach to yourself. If you need a preacher all the time to preach to yourself, you're going to go through life discouraged. You got it. You're called to preach. If, if you're not called to preach to anyone else, you're called to preach to yourself on a daily basis. I've got to preach to my emotions. I've got to preach to my thoughts. And I've got to preach to my mouth and to my body. They must worship. It's not an option as a believer whether I'm going to worship or not. When my emotions don't want to worship, emotions, you're going to worship. When my mouth doesn't want to worship, mouth, you're going to worship. When my body doesn't want to worship, body, you're going to worship. We're going there whether you like it or not. And church, my blessing unto the Lord, my praise ought to be appropriately proportionate to all the ways that God has blessed me. My worship, my blessing unto the Lord, my praise ought to be appropriately proportionate to all the ways God has blessed me. I want to say it this way. I want to go a step further. Modest, formal, lifeless praise is an insult to God. I got quiet in here. Modest, formal, lifeless praise. Am I saying everybody's got to jump and do cartwheels? That's not what I'm saying. But you know you. And you know what it means when you are really grateful for something. And some of you, the hogs won yesterday and you found a way to praise. And so if the hogs can win and you can find a way to praise, he redeemed your life from the pit. He healed your disease. He forgave all of your sin. And if you can praise the hogs more than you can praise him, you have got an idol in your life. Because in modest form of well, I don't know if it takes all of that. I, you know... You see somebody, you see somebody having, having this uh, amazing encounter with God. They're praising, they're worshiping, they're, and, and you're maybe sitting, sitting in the back silently judging what's going on, and I don't know if it takes all that. Now, why has she got to be so loud all the time? And why is he so extra? And what's that shouting all about? It doesn't take that much. It's, it's all just too much stuff. But when you've been through what she's been through, and when you've been where he's been, and when God brings you out of what he brought them out of, you'll know why some folks don't mind having an extravagant praise and having extravagant worship. See, because they know God was extravagant in his grace on me. God was extravagant in his love for me. And he was extravagant when he healed me. So I'm going to be extravagant when I praise him because he's worthy of my praise. And the rest of y'all, you're just going to have to either enjoy it or endure it because I'm not going to give him a modest praise. And I'm not going to give him a lifeless praise. He gave me life in my body. That life is going to turn right around and give him a life-filled 
glorious praise unto him. If you've been through some stuff, like I've been through some stuff. If you've been delivered from a few things, like I've been delivered from a few things. If you've knocked on death's door, but God ever snatched you back, you got a reason to praise. You know when they strike the first chord of a praise song, you don't even have to be feeling good that day. Your body doesn't even have to be working right that day. But you remember what it felt like to really be down. And you remember what it felt like to really be lost. And you remember what it felt like to really be sick. So today is a good day. So I don't nobody got to whip me up into anything because I've already experienced his goodness. I've already experienced his grace. And before I got to church this morning, I stirred myself up. Whether you want to be stirred up or not, when I think about the goodness of God and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Preach to myself, talk to myself, instruct myself, remind myself of all that he has done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My last point before we worship some more. Matter of fact, y'all can just go ahead and come on up. When you read this psalm, Psalm 103, the first five verses are David instructing himself and reminding himself. And then you go through something like 15 verses of David um, telling the story of Israel. Go back and read it sometime. I don't have time to read it all to you today. So he talks about how God led the people of Israel out of Egypt. And he talks about how God split the Red Sea. And he talks about how God provided manna. So he's reminding not just of the personal benefits of following Jesus or following God, but he's reminding uh, the nation of the national benefits of having God as God in the nation. So So the first five verses are personal. And then the first, the next 10 or so verses are, are David talking to um, the nation, talking to his people. Remember where our people were hundreds of years ago. Remember how we were in bondage to slavery. These are all benefits that God has delivered us from and God has set us in a solid place. He's given us this promised land. So the first five verses, he's talking to himself. The next 10 verses, he's talking to, or so, 10 or so verses, he's talking to the nation, to the people. But then when you get to the end of Psalm 103, the audience of the poem or the audience of the psalm changes once again. And he stops talking to the people. And he stops talking to himself. And he starts speaking into the heavenly realm. Because this is the thing about praise. And you need to know this. This is why this is so important. You need to know praise elevates perspective. Praise, when you lift up praise to God, it elevates your perspective. This is what David said in Psalm 103, starting in verse 15. Look at it. He says, As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind passes over and it's gone and its place knows it no more. He's saying, men, humans, we have such a limited perspective on life. Compared to eternity, our life is just like a breath of of wind. It's like a flower 
that is here today and gone tomorrow, it fades quickly. But the steadfast love of the Lord, verse 17, is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in, watch, in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all of them. So he's taking us from seeing man as just this little bitty piece of grass in the field that when the weather changes, it dies so easily. And he says, but the Lord and his steadfast love endures forever. And he begins to elevate our thoughts, not to our little piddly circumstances, but elevates our thoughts to who God is and where God is seated and what God's love is like. And then watch this. He stops talking to himself. He stops talking to the nations and he says this, bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones, you heavenly beings, you, you spiritual creations who, who do his word and obey his voice. Bless the Lord, all the hosts of heaven, his ministers who do his will. That not talking about human ministers, it's talking about angelic spirits that operate in the heavenly realm and operate in the spiritual realm. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion, not just my single little bitty life, but all of creation. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul. See, David has figured something out here. He has figured out the cure for those times when God feels distant. And it is to remind yourself of all that God has done. And it's to open up your mouth and start to speak, start to shout, start to sing blessings unto the Lord. And here's why. When you do that, your, your praise lifts you up out of your circumstance. And it situates you in heavenly realms. And it ushers in the presence of God when you begin to praise. Last week we were here in service and the worship team just began to sing. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. And God's spirit moved in. And this room became not a room anymore. It became an elevator. And we were elevated into heavenly realms. And we were elevated into... Uh, 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 pr princely and kingly places because all of a sudden this was not just a room with the stage and chairs. This was a room where the throne of God was. And we were elevated above our circumstances and we were taken above our perspective and, and we were drawing near to God because praise is how you draw near to Him. And the Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And so this room isn't a, isn't a room and it's not a sanctuary. It's it's an elevator that will lift us up into the presence of God because praise elevates perspective. When we worship God, when we praise Him, we go from the natural and we go into the supernatural. We leave the mundane and we enter into the miraculous. We go from the carnal and we enter into the spiritual. And when you begin to praise, angels start to move and angels start to work and they start doing things according to the will of the Father. And glory is all around as praises are lifted up to Jesus and His presence comes all around. And in His presence, sinful things are forgiven. And in His presence, sick things are healed. 
real and in his presence dead things are revived and so praise is the atmosphere that is necessary for the presence to be realized and worship is the atmosphere that is needed there is the atmosphere that is needed sometimes to make worry leave and to make doubt dissipate and to make truth triumph we have to begin to praise and elevate ourselves out of our circumstances and into the heavenly places I didn't come this morning to just visit with you and have a little bit of patty cake church at Believers Fellowship today I came to spend some time in God's presence I came this morning to tap into what God has for us I came this morning to knock on the door of the throne room and say God I got to meet with you today I've been going through some stuff I've had some stuff going on in my mind I've had some stuff going on in my body I've had some stuff going on in my family and so Lord I remind myself how you brought me out before I remind myself of what you've done before so I'm gonna get through to my breakthrough this morning if I've got to kick the door down to get into his throne room I'm getting there today because praise elevates my perspective and when I get on that elevator and when I get in his presence his presence are where my sins get forgiven and his presence are where my body gets healed and his presence is where my my past is erased and his presence is where I I am changed and transformed this room it's not a room anymore it's an elevator we're going into the throne room today we're entering into heavenly places would you stand with me this morning this altar area today is open and this altar it is not just a place where you go every now and then it is a portal that takes you into his presence and it is a portal that puts you at the very foot of the throne of God and you can touch God today you can touch his throne today just like the woman with the issue of blood you can touch the hem of his garment today and experience healing because when we begin to praise when we begin to worship when we begin to lift Jesus up things begin to happen and angels hear our praise and respond to our praise and God hears our praise and he responds to our praise and so if you need something from him today the way you get it is not by complaining about what you don't have if you need something today you way you get it is you start to instruct yourself and you start to remind yourself I'm going to bless the name of the Lord I'm gonna bless his name with everything that I have in me and when I bless his name I'm gonna remind myself of all the ways he has blessed me in the past and how he brought me out and how he brought me over and how he moved that mountain and how he snatch me back from the pit of death and as I remind myself and begin to worship and praise him for everything he's done the presence will break out in your life and the presence will break out in this room and things will begin to happen bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits bless his holy name come on let's worship together they're going to begin to sing I want you to worship this altar is open for worship I want you to step out and just begin to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords bless him with all you've got this morning bless him with all your breath bless him with all your body bless him with all your lungs just start to sing keep going come on I want you every hand lifted in here put your hands together let's worship the lord today come on let's have church for just a minute come on church 